Andrew McGahan here for Severe MMA. The pride of Limerick, the young man named Sean Sheehan. The Severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot, and I'm proud that people are coming up with me. Episode 91 of the Severe MMA podcast is here. The 31st of October 2016, 24 minutes past four on a gloomy, spooky Monday afternoon. Andrew McGahan joined here by Sean Sheehan. Sean, I was about to say something. You know exactly what I was about to say, but I caught myself. Mm-hmm. By the wonderful Sean Sheehan. Mm-hmm. Happy birthday to you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Squash the Dana on you. Happy birthday to you, Andrew. Happy birthday to you. Boom. Whoa. Also, happy birthday, Marcus Rashford. Also, I think I share a birthday with a couple of people, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but off the top of my head, I can't think of any famous ones. I share, I share a birthday with Paul Gascoigne. So we both share a birthday with England's best ever footballers. Oh, oh, excellent. I feel closer to you now after learning that stat, Sean. <laughs> and Dundalk and Limerick both won the, the leagues, as we predicted a few weeks back. Yeah, so there we go. There'll be a, a derby, a severe MMA derby next year in the Premier Division. Limerick will get trounced. How dare you? How dare you? Limerick didn't lose a game all year, I think, in the league. Really? Yeah. So that means Drogheda were going for promotion as well, weren't they? Or no, Limerick won the league, but Limerick Drogheda won. were in the playoffs. But I don't no, know. no, 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 they're in separate leagues. Limerick were in the first division and Drogheda won it, won the, won the top division. No, Drogheda didn't win. I think Drogheda were relegated. Oh no, Dundalk, sorry. I yeah. always get tipped so. oh, yeah. But Drogheda, I think, were in the, the playoff relegation fight. Do you know what I mean? The, the bottom team from the Premier League goes against oh, yeah. the one in the playoff from the first. Yeah. That's my extensive League of Ireland knowledge covered. But outside of that, I do know one thing about noticeable League of Ireland teams, Sean. Is it their endurance and oh, their... Oh, it sure is. Is it? Yeah. It is. Dundalk FC in particular. In association with the wonderful com, Proud friends and sponsors of the Severe May podcast. Great bunch of lads. Absolutely fantastic. Head on over to orsnutrition.com, check them out for a full, fully stocked range of all your supplementation needs. If you're just going to the gym, you want to put on a little bit of size, a little bit of mass, although I think both of those things are the same thing, but I'm going to keep talking as if I know that I'm convincing you they are separate. If you want to shred out a little bit, that's cool as well. If you need something for recovery, ORS Nutrition has you covered. If you're an athlete, Sean, I noticed I have a boxing competition preparation pack coming up now maybe you're signing up for the white collars around Christmas you know you're doing three or four nights of training your body isn't used to it you've gone from absolutely nothing to something or to quote uh, to quote the franchise you're going from a wimp to a warrior Mm. you know so you need to you need to stay you need to be able to go to every session ORS Nutrition has you covered in terms of your recovery your post-workouts your pre-workouts vitamins, multivitamins, they have absolutely everything that you could possibly need. Although the season is closing or coming to a close in a lot of areas for people that are still in county championships or the Leinster or All-Irelands, the GEA season will be winding down soon enough. But in typical GEA fashion, you'll probably all be out for pre-season in four weeks' time. (laughs) So, ROS Nutrition has you covered for GEA as well, as well as soccer, martial arts, rugby, Tennis, athletics, swimming, absolutely everything you could possibly want. Tennis isn't a real sport, is it? 
Tennis is a sport when you go away. I know, away. money taking the piss. Darts yeah. isn't a sport. How dare you? The most finely tuned athletes in the world. <laughs> what, in their wrists? Uh, yeah. In their it, arms, in their right actually, arms, maybe. Like, did you ever play darts for like 10, 15 minutes? Like, yes. Arms, fuck. It like, does that must get be red. hard. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, do you know what would be good for that? Omni Giant. Definitely. Yeah, unreal. It's a bit like baseball. Like, you only need one side of your body to work. You know, yeah. you Rafa could. Nadal as well, though. That tennis as well. That's tennis, too. He yeah. is uh, bogey knees as well, I think. But enough about ailments and injuries because orsnutrition.com will prevent these. You know, take your supplements, take your vitamins. Just make sure that everything is right when you're going into your training sessions. Nothing to worry about. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and Andrew, it gets. What if someone, like, says, look. I, I want a hundred euro worth of stuff, but I only have 75 quid. What did, should they do? <laughs> well, Sean, lucky you mention it. If they put in the discount code SEVEREMMA on their first order, they will get a whopping 25% off their first order. That is 25 euro off an order of 100. So yes, mm-hmm. he would get it for 75. Definitely. And there's a good chance he could get an extra gift as well. Because once you get past a certain... Uh, a certain price range on ORS's website, they'll add in an extra gift, whether it's a uh, protein cookie or shakers or any sort of small little things to keep you happier. ORS Nutrition has you covered. Head on over to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and all of the good social medias you will find ORSNutrition.com located on them, as well as very healthy recipes over on their website. Yeah. Boom. Last week... I was like half dying. I think I like pulled a muscle in my chest or something and then I was sick. I had like the flu and stuff. And I like, this isn't, okay, the promotion's over now, but I actually took like a load of Omni Giant and um, what's the other ones? Um, oh, Krill Oil as well. And I actually do think it actually helped me to, to recover from that. I was fucked for about six days. I'm just back to normal now since yesterday. So that was good. ROS Nutrition works. ORSNutrition.com Excellent. Sean, how are you doing? Good. Do you want to go back to congratulating me about my birthday? Happy birthday. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, Should we tease? Should we tease? uh, There's an announcement coming at the end of the show. Yes. So stay tuned. Stay tuned to the very end. I'll be taking the mic, my birthday musings. Mm -hmm. We have a little bit of an announcement for you. Well, that's a little big announcement, really. A little big announcement. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm expecting a child. and <laughs> <laughs> We have a... Or do you want to do it now? No, it'd be a no, bit we weird if we then... Yeah, okay. we do it at the end. End of the podcast. Get the Kleenex. That's all I'm going to say. We're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna masturbate furiously together for the last couple of minutes. Yeah, whoa, easy though. You have a girlfriend. You stop. I can't be doing that sort of thing. You just flew past me. I think there's a butterfly in my room. But anyway, uh, yeah. Do you want to talk about some UFC? Ah, sure. Why not? This weekend's so, UFC. Well, yeah, let's do that. Uh, it's an okay card. I'm just looking at it here. Martin Bravo versus Claudio Puels is the common event. I wonder why that is. Who the fuck are they? Oh, this is a tough card. This is a tough Latin America finale. Okay, that explains it. There you go. Um, but before we get to the main event, let's just, <laughs> let's just have a look at the, some of the other fights. We've Eric Perez 
against Felipe Orantes. Eric Perez is fighting a lot these days, and I think he needs that. I think he's a bit of improvement to do uh, there. Uh, you have Alexa Grasso. I think she's, is she making her UFC debut? I think she is uh, against Heather Joe, Heather Clark. Joe Clark. She is. She's someone who could be could be someone in the strawweight division to, to look out for. Obviously, she was in, in Invicta, um, you know, making waves there. Very, very good fighter. Um, you have Ricardo Lamas against Charles Oliveira as well. Good fight. Peniel Darius, Rashid Magomedov, Diego Sanchez, Marcin Held. Out of them, which one are you looking forward to the most? Um, I'm a big fan of Marcin Held, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I think this could be a good scalp for him in taking out a... A crippled Diego Sanchez. Really looking forward to Marco Beltran versus TBA. Uh, TBA is a good fighter. TBA is good, uh, yeah. Very, very good. And uh, Gautio, Eric Perez. As long mm. as he wears the uh, the Rey nice. Mysterio mask afterwards, then I'm all good with however he does in the fight. Yeah. How would you see the Ricardo Lamas-Charles Oliveira fight going? Absolute. Like, you think that it may be a scrap in the sense that Oliveira is going to want to just... He'll be able to unload like from a distance, but I don't think it's going to happen. I actually think <clears throat> Lamas has maybe one or two more fights where he's able to just fucking to pull a win out. Do you know that sort of way to grind mm-hmm. a fucking... De- I don't want to say to grind a decision out, but I think he is going to try put him on. Do you know the only way he can win this, I think, is if he, if he can take out the aspect of it turning into a firefight. Do you know where... Cowboy is actually able to just is this the fake cowboy Sean? Or no, the no. other guy. That's the other guy. Yeah. Just we the, we had this we had this discussion a while ago. Um the only problem is if he does go down a whole wrestling sort of background, pushing him up against the cage, that's probably where you're playing into his strengths best. Do you know what I mean? So I'm not too sure. I, I'm gonna go for Oliviera. I'm not sold on Lamas as, as many people are. You know, I always thought he was held in a little bit too high of an esteem um, mm-hmm. when he was going through a little bit of a tear at featherweight. I don't think he deserved the shot against Aldo to begin with, but uh, and probably was like Aldo's best defense. Do you know what I mean? Most comprehensive yeah. victory at, as the featherweight champion. So I wouldn't be getting too excited over this one for, yeah, I if think, I was Ricardo Lamas. I actually think Lamas, and I understand what you're saying, but I think because he at this argument he was a little bit overrated. And then after the Aldo destruction and some performances since, I think he's a little bit underrated. You know, he's not the best. He's not the best fighter in the world, but he's not a bad fighter either. Um, and I think against guys with not the best striking in the world, maybe against wrestlers or, or against jiu-jitsu players like Charles Oliveira, his striking actually looks good because he is very wild striking. You know, he okay, he's good hands. You know, he's a nice jab and a good overhand, but he throws, you know, he throws very nice kicks. A nice spinning, spinning back kick. Uh, you know, throws wheel kicks to the head at times, and he can be, you know, he can be a guy that's. If you don't meet him, like with good technique, with good, you know, someone who can get away from those those shots, know they're coming. I've seen him a hundred times before. He can look good against guys like that who maybe don't have that experience. And now, Charles Oliveira is improving a little bit that way. Um, he did well. I think he, he was Anthony Pettis' last fight. I think it was. He did pretty well in that fight. But I think this is an opportunity for Lamas to look good with his with his strike. And I think if this turns into a striker match, as you said, Oliveira has a good good reach, good from distance. Actually, like surprisingly good, 
compared to what he used to be. And that'll be difficult for Lamas. But I think if it does turn into a striking match, I, I, I fancy Lamas. It not, might not be a blow away. It would have been a couple of years ago because of Oliveira's improvements. But I, I do fancy Lamas to land a big one. Oliveira, in the past, you know, he's known to... He's known to have, you know, taken a couple of, uh, <coughs> I, I, not big knockouts, but he's, you know, he's been, I think he's been knocked out two or three times. Um, and, uh, you know, he, 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 you can get him. So I think, uh, I think if Lamas lands on those big shots, uh, he, he could, he could put him out on the ground, as you say. Lamas wrestling is very good. Um, Oliveira's jiu-jitsu is second to none. You know, he's great guillotines. He'll attack with triangles. If he gets on top, you know, he's he's a good mount, good at, you know, armbar transitions and stuff like that. So, it's, you know, it's an interesting fight to me at featherweight. You know, this featherweight the division is moving along now as well. Anthony Pettis um, was just announced against uh, Max Holloway, your boy for uh UFC two oh six. So that sh- that should be fun um as well. But yeah I think I think I'll go for Lamas in this one. I was just looking at the car there, Sean. There was a guy meant to be fighting on the call Guido. Mm. Guido Canetti. Oh yeah he got uh Usadad. He got Usadad yeah. but still a Guido fighting in Mexico. Mm. I definitely appreciate that. Talk to me about uh the Sanchez and Held fight then. Yeah, I like that. I like that fight as well. You know, Marcin Hill getting his Juno coming over from Bellator. Obviously, you know, submission arcs, lots of submissions on his on his record. But you know, he can he can hit as well. Um, it, it, you know, if he it, it could be one of those fights where he's going to submit him. I don't think he because Diego Sanchez is a very very good jiu-jitsu player like have, have you seen some of his jiu-jitsu matches and stuff the, down the years he's, like, he's done grappler's quests and stuff like that yeah, yeah but uh, I don't everybody's think... good till they come up against a Polish man who can leg lock I suppose yeah he's uh, I, I I don't know has held the power to, to knock him out and that might be a good thing for Diego Sanchez he might you know he might stay in you know, I might stay in that pocket and keep blasting. You know, uh, but you your point as well about Diego Sanchez maybe not being you know what he used to. He got uh, Joe Lozon knocked him out in his last fight, didn't he? Um, so I was it Jim Miller. Joe so, Lozon, UFC yeah. two hundred first round. Yeah, so like that's it's going to be tough for Diego to come back from that as well. You know, he's he has taken a lot of damage over the years. You know, more than probably. Most people in MMA, and you know, if if Hell does hit him, he he could put him away. Um, I'm gonna fifty fifty on that one. I probably lean towards Marcin Held just because of what happened to Diego Sanchez in his last fight. And you know, there's, there's certain points you reach in your career, and okay, you could maybe struggle on for another while, but you're not getting, you know, you're not getting better. You you need to fight in such a way that. You know, you protect yourself or you, you just get through it rather than, you know, going through a war to win or something like that. And I'm not sure if Diego Sanchez can still do that. Uh, you know, I expect him because of, you know, because of hell and not being the biggest hitter in the world to to take a bit of it for a couple of rounds. But, you know, it could be a decision, but I, I, I think I'd, I'd fancy uh, I fancy hell in that one. There you go. You're following the light. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, like Sanchez could win it, but uh, I don't know. It's you know, it's a tough one. Held as well, you know. Do you have those UFC jitters as well? You know, he's I know he's a an experienced guy and he's fought in Bellator and fought in you know lots of big places for lots of years. But there still is that you know, whole UFC um, 
UFC jitter thing, and it it could play into it. I think Held, you know, he's he's probably going to be favourite, and I think, you know, he probably deserve favour. But let's start. The rest we? of the card isn't yeah, too much to be. Uh... Sam Alvey's fighting again. Jesus, that man fights every fucking week. Great man, Sam Alvey. Marco <laughs> Beltran as well. Dodger Mantegna's fighting, I see. Um, Dodger. Yeah. Oh, Marco Polo Reyes is fighting as well. The man who had one of the fights of the year uh, earlier on in the year. Yes. Patrick, Patrick Sheen's favorite fighter. So, yeah, that should be fun. But the main event, Rafael Dos Anjos against El Kakui, Tony Ferguson, Andrew McGahan's favorite fighter, your boy. Um, how did you see this one going? Uh, only one way, Sean. Yeah, even after Lando Venata tied up, tied up, uh, or tied with Tony in his last fight. I wouldn't say he tied with him. That was a man who was coming in with something to prove just on a short notice sort of thing. Yeah, let's scrap. Don't have to fight conservative. Don't have to throw caution to the wind. Rafael Dos Anjos was exposed in his last fight by Eddie Alvarez. Do you know what I mean? I've said, like... Rafael Dos Anjos's rise to prominence was far overplayed by every single person involved in it. He knocked out Ben Henderson, who was on a down downslide, right? He utilised a blueprint plan to beat and annoy and frustrate Nate Diaz. As well as Anthony Pettis. Blueprint Pettis. Mm-hmm. Right? That's where that started from. I started it. <clears throat> Sorry, Sean Sheehan started it. You dared him. Cerrone quit on him in the first 66 seconds. Yep. And then he fights someone decent and Alvarez exposes him. Not to say the other guys aren't decent, but fight someone who can counter the way that he would want to fight. In fact, he didn't even give him a chance because he wrecked him in the first round. Do you know what I mean? That fight could have been stopped earlier in that first round, I thought, for the, in the Alvarez fight, but it was, it was let go. Tony Ferguson is going to absolutely toy with Rafael Dos Anjos on the feet. You, you're going to see flash striking combinations finished with kicks to the body. You're going to see Dos Anjos try and instigate grappling. Tony Ferguson, just despite being a lightweight, has that like flyweight scrawniness. Do you know what I mean? And definitely has that flyweight scrawniness strength. Do you know what I mean? In his upper body and his arms and his shoulders. He will be able to push Rafael Dos Anjos away. I don't think Dos Anjos will be able to get him up against the cage to grind him out. And if Dos Anjos comes back out and thinks he's a boxer again, then that's going to work even better for Tony Ferguson. I don't see where people are coming from in this one. This is, to me, a clear-cut Tony Ferguson victory and then title shot at the winner of McGregor Alvarez. Possibly. Um, just I don't agree with your sentiment on Rafael Dos Anjos um, being overrated. I think there might be another reason why he... Uh, he he did so well, and then he kind of fell off a cliff in his last fight. But uh, let's not speak about that. Um, yeah, Dos Anjos still has his, you know, he, he's still, we know what he's good at. Like, we know he's good at, he'll push you against the fence. He'll have, you know, great cardio, possibly. Um, and, you know, grind it out for, for five rounds, dirty box and put you against the fence. Um, against Tony Ferguson, as you said, that's not the easiest thing to do because Ferguson 
Ferguson will go anywhere. And, you know, there's sometimes, and I've said it before, I criticise guys for doing that, like Anthony Pettis, because he'll go anywhere and he'll stay there and he'll kind of lose the fight by doing that. But Tony Ferguson will do wild things from anywhere. You know, he'll, like if Dos Anjos puts him against the fence, you could see him dropping and going down, like fucking going for a leg or something or, you know, going for a guillotine. And, you know, he, he Tony Ferguson has no problem being on, on the bottom or go, going to the ground with anyone. He's good chin as well. And Dos Anjos hits hard. But I think you, your point to be there about his, his kicks and stuff, I think that's a huge thing. I think... Variety is huge for Tony Ferguson in this fight against Asenios. Not only from an offensive point of view, uh, point of view, but from a defensive point of view as well. I think to keep him off the fence, he needs to throw those body kicks, take away his gas tank. You know, be intelligent about it. Maybe, <clears throat> maybe Ferguson is a little bit gung ho on a lot of his fights, but I think this one early anyway it needs more of a more of a mindful maybe um, go at it and fighting off the fence as well I speak about it a lot with Wonderboy and I uh, I talk about it being one of the things that makes him great that he fights with his hands off the fence to get away and that's that's one of the reasons why he's so good a lot of people look at his kicks I think Ferguson not just with his hands but with uh, as I mentioned with his kicks as well to get off that fence that's one of the most important things against Dos Anjos like when when people were talking about McGregor fighting him his cage cutting was one of the big reasons I think why a lot of people are picking McGregor because McGregor cut the cage, put him on the back foot. I think against Dos Anjos, that's exactly what you need to do unless you're an unbelievable counterpuncher like uh, Eddie Alvarez is. Um, the you know the blueprint to beat Dos Anjos, you know Eddie Alvarez in a one way didn't show it you know he beat him but he beat him because he countered him with a beautiful right hand shot but that's not really you know that's uh, I'm not saying it's a lucky punch or anything it's it's great skill and all but that's maybe not a high percentage way of doing it Um, uh, but against uh, you know Tony Ferguson is just is an awkward guy he's not a guy that would usually uh, come out with a, like a detailed game plan like that to, and I'd say he'd even admit that himself, you know, to push a guy back or to bring him to where he wants to fight. He'll just bring it wherever it goes and he'll, you know, he'll outlast the guy. He'll hit him harder than he gets hit. He'll put on a submission, you know, he'll, he'll go wherever it wants. So that makes for an exciting, wild fight in this one. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if either guy won, to be honest. But hey. I will pick El Kakui. Tony Ferguson in this one. Good shout, Sean. Mm-hmm. He's on a quest. He's looking for that title shot. And I think he'll yeah. get it with a win, to be honest. Depending on how good Khabib looks against Michael Johnson. Yeah. If Tony Ferguson finishes this Anjos and Khabib can only decision Michael Johnson, Tony Ferguson is next in line, without mm. a doubt. And Khabib can threaten whatever he wants outside of all of that. But... Do you know what I mean? You don't deserve a title shot after going away while the sport has changed in the last two years. Beat a guy on short notice who's unranked and nobody's heard of and then demand a title shot. It's not really how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know how big a fan I am of Habib, but if if Ferguson wins this, I do think he deserves it. I think, you know, Habib did enough before he got injured, but uh, you ha- like he, as you say, he was gone for two years and he, you can't just wipe that away like it happened you know he's not been there for two years whereas in the last you know where the last two years 
since 2014, Ferguson, he's beat Trujillo, Thibault, uh, Castillo as well, Thompson, Barboza, Venada, and if he beat the Zanios as well, you know, they're all big wins. It'd be, you know, yeah, it'd be hard to deny him then, but what if, what if McGregor takes this year off that's been, that's been touted around by people? He might, uh, he might see the two of them fighting. So, you know, we'll, I suppose time will tell. That's a really interesting proposition that if Connor takes the lightweight belt and still has the featherweight belt and then does take the year off. Yeah. You know, that would just be hilarity like. Yeah, yeah. There's a thing as well. I wonder would he give up both belts if he was taking the year off. There's people always talking about giving up one belt, you know, giving up the featherweight belt. Well, could he give up both belts? And then just move into money fights. Yeah, exactly. I wouldn't be surprised if he did that, to be honest. You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Sean Sheehan calling the shots. That's just, just me fucking speculating wildly. <laughs> wildly, I have no idea. But yeah, it, there's a, it's an interesting time ahead in uh, in the lightweight division. Like, if you look at it, like you have Eddie Alvarez as champion at the moment, fighting McGregor, you have Habib, you have Dosan, just, you know, if he beats Ferguson, he's right back in it. Ferguson. Nate Diaz is there as well. Like, if McGregor wins... Nate Diaz is in title cock immediately. You could, and that trilogy, people want to see that trilogy, you know. Barboza on a good roll. Johnson, if he beats Habib, he's there as well. Kies on roll. Cerrone's never out of it. Darius fighting this weekend as well, huge. You know, you've 10 guys there, I think, that I could see any of them getting a title shot in the next year. You know, it's... Or in the, the next 18 months, maybe. One so. night tournament on international waters. Exactly. All under one gate. Royal Rumble, that's what they need. I at the one time. Yeah. Definitely. Last man standing over the top rope. Dead match. <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think I I was gonna say with a moat outside it, but I wasn't sure yeah. about no no real need for a moat when you're on a ship. International one, yeah. So that's true, maybe that's just the ship can be shaped like a ring and they go over into the ocean. Oh, I like that. <laughs> All right, DJ Khalid. Octoboat. Uh, <laughs> Octoboat. Mm. The Octoboat I like it yeah. I do like it Okay Don't say anything else Sean Because we're going to have to patent this And write down all the plans Because mm-hmm. otherwise Someone will Pant-pinded. steal it yeah. yeah there you go We have it now <laughs> He can't steal that But this past weekend Sean There was some face punching Going on in Drogheda oh, Was there Andrew? How did so that There go? was It went quite well Cage Legacy Declan Kenna can finally take a break From spamming everybody's hearts out On Facebook Advertising the event Absolutely packed the venue was jammed. Do you know what I mean? And he had a great crowd at it. Very good fights, to be honest. A couple of the amateur ones, maybe what you'd expect from it. Um, he went through absolutely every single medical standard possible. I have a text here from someone because I just want to get it right, exactly what I'm about to say about the show. You know, I don't want to say that they did this and didn't do that. Yeah, so the the Franz Malambo fight was pulled on the day. Yeah, that's um, what happened there. Some I don't know if it was him or Ben's, but something didn't come back on somebody's scan. Oh, yeah. The fight it's with an eye test or something actually. Well, so that's the other one. So I was entirely comfortable that Andy Ryan was refereeing in the main event because oh, was he? Andy that. Ryan was refereeing the Peter Queeley Decky Dalton fight, and I think other refs may have called that fight in the second round. Did you see it, Sean? Did I watched, you see a bit of it? I, I was watching on Periscope, actually. As it was going on, yeah. yeah. So, so I couldn't see it that well. But I I saw um, 
De- uh, what's it? Decky Dalton almost had Peter Creeley finished in the in the second, in the second didn't he? Yeah. The comeback he made in the third was actually phenomenal. I thought, yeah, after he, you know, he looked in bad trouble. Obviously, you were there. What way did you see it? So Queeley came out with a fucking bit between his teeth in that first round. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? An absolute lacing leg kicks into Dalton, throwing strikes, looking to engage, got the takedown, progressed to his back. Multiple rear naked chokes in deep. Decky Dalton fought like a fucking warrior when Queeley was on his back. Do you know what I mean? Just constantly defending, constantly defending. Queeley saw the round out, took that 10-9 easily. But there was a lovely... It was some sort of grappling exchange that happened in the second round. I think Dalton was able to sweep or just come up on top on Queeley when it hit the ground again. And he took like a half guard position and was able to unload with strikes and elbows. He cut Queeley pretty badly. It was a bloodbath. He was like passing to the side. Queeley was turtling up. But Peter Queeley, master of this. He did, he did himself a lot of, I, I don't want to say just What's the opposite to just He gave himself a lot of credit. Uh, no. No. He did himself he well. He did himself well. <laughs> Something like that. In, yeah. this, in the fact that there was like, one, two, three, four, five shots landed by Dalton. Then there's a burst from Queeley to stay safe. Do you know what I mean? So Andy Ryan doesn't even have to think about stepping in. It was tremendous fight IQ from Peter Queeley. That's what I was looking for, Sean. Mm-hmm. He stayed safe. Dalton finished out that round on top. Peter Queeley gets up covered in blood. Do you know what I mean? And I'm thinking, holy shit. I'm sitting next to Keith Cavanaugh and I said, to be honest... Queeley's going to shoot the start of this round. He didn't. He stood up and he traded with Dalton again. Peter Queeley wanted to get into a proper fist fight on Saturday night. Do you know what I mean? And he did. The takedown presented itself again. He was able to work to the back. He got on Dalton's back and he um, was able to see out the fight there. Again, nearly threatening. Yeah. Unloaded with ground and pound towards the last 10, 15 seconds to try to get a stoppage. But yeah. I thought he had Jock as well a couple of times in the last round. Oh, yeah. Defended very, very Very well. close. Now, positives for Decky Dalton, right? The Gary Morris fight, he showed up overweight, long hair, looked like he hadn't washed. Do you know that sort of shit? Maybe Belfast wasn't the best place for him. He's been, mo- he's been living in Drogheda the last two or three months, training with the lads in full power MMA. Completely different person. Do you know what I mean? Just watching him walk around, watching him in the fight, looking at how he's handled himself afterwards. If I'm Decky Dalton and I think I'm coming back to MMA in my last two, like, I'm back three fights now this year. Do you know what I mean? If I was Decky Dalton, I would be moving to draw it a full time. Okay? He excels when he's in an environment that he has no potential distractions or no bad habits or people that he may have been grow- like this is my understanding of it this is me looking at just fights okay and seeing what he's put up on Facebook in the past for the Mike Cutting fight he was just back from Thailand for the Gary Morris fight he was living in Belfast for this fight he's been living in Drogheda the Cutting and the Queelys were both like completely different people than the Dalton who fought Gary Morris if I'm Decky Dalton, I put my head down, I work hard, and don't shoot me for saying this, Sean, but there's a fucking very, very good chance you could see him with a big organisation within the next 18 months. If he stays where he is and improves the way that he's improving, because to run Peter Queeley like that is no mean feat. Do you know what I mean? So, <clears throat> on the flip side of that, a new side of Peter Queeley was shown at the weekend as well. He came out 
looking to take Dalton's head off. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Have you any interest in seeing uh, Peter Quilly and John McCallaghan rematch? Would you? There's, there's still a bit of needle there. Like I was thinking about it there the other day. Like you know, they're still needling on each other. John McCallaghan is, you know, he's making comments all the time. I think Peter Quilly like said something back there at one stage as well. You know, the, no, there's there's respect and stuff after. I don't know, but I think there's, you know, obviously McCallaghan won well and everything in the first four, but I still think there's a little bit of unfinished business there. You know, I wouldn't mind seeing that rematch again. Could see it down the line. Yeah. In a different platform, you never know. Yeah. Um, outside of that, good amateur card, to be fair. Karen uh, Clark got a very nice win in his hometown. Um, Austin Lynch and Paddy McGee had an absolutely tremendous fight. Um, Austin got a three-round decision on that one, showed some beautiful striking. Paddy looks like he's been jumped by ten lads. Like That's how good Austin was. Um, he's got a... Well, I don't want to glorify the fact that Paddy has cuts on his face and stuff like that, but he's uh, he's too pretty, so he deserved a couple of bruises. Um, there was a couple of good... Uh, there was a really good fight between a guy called Keto Rulligan and Adam Novak. Keith was unloading on him. You know, looked like a finish was coming straight away. Uh, really went for it. Then Adam, out of nowhere, landed a liver shot that made Keith, like, just keel over like standing there in front of him and then he landed a right to the side of the temple and put him down um, there was a ladies fight as well was there that was supposed to be good Rosa Walsh yeah. beat a girl called Kira Murphy I think it was with a triangle um, off an armbar escape it was really slick um, who else Dylan Kennedy a guy that I've heard about for years in the northeast in terms of being a great grappler and really good potential he beat uh, Kieran. Karen from SPG Cork. He always beats us. No, no, no. Karen Clark's from SPG Concord. Oh, sorry. Uh, I forget his name. He always tweets us. Um, that was a good, a very good performance. Um, but the card was fun because, and there was a noticeable difference. The atmosphere, my God, Sean. The atmosphere for Dalton and Queeley because the new Dalton from having, do you know what I mean, being in Drogheda for a while, like everyone was in his corner. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? And the guy in the cage afterwards was unfortunate enough to say fighting in his hometown of Drogheda, the Decky Dalton. Um, <clears throat> Where is he from? Belfast. All right. <laughs> Slight, all right. A little bit up the road. Uh, all Northern Ireland. But, <laughs> as, as you say. Um, <laughs> so they have announced the Cage Legacy 2 will be in Dublin on March 11th, 2017. Venue will be announced very soon. But... It is a full professional card oh, yeah. from top to bottom. And when you're talking about Declan Kenna doing the right thing, like he's absolutely gone in full whack on this and fair play to him. Doing just, the helix. For what? Doing the helix. Yeah, without a doubt, Declan, please do it. Do you know, it has to be in the helix. And um, parking there and all like, helix is a great place. So, one second here. Declan Kenna, this week is important. Cage Legacy is the first of the small shows to run all the pros through the MRI, eye test and enhanced protocols. The promoter Declan Kenna has been absolutely fantastic, is what I was told. Fair play to him. Do you know what I mean? Skept- I was sceptical when I saw the when it all been announced and the multiple posts every day and stuff like that, but everything by the book. Do you know what I mean? So 
fully support that event and will definitely be at the one in March in 2017. Nice. Uh, <sighs> sorry, I had to stretch. That's okay. Let's talk about another local card. Well, not really. I'm only joking. Uh, Bellator 163 is this weekend. I mean, hold on, let me just check there for sure. November 4th. Yeah, it's this weekend. Um, actually, a really good Bellator card. Well, it's some good names in it. I wouldn't say a brilliant card, but um, you have, I, I think, the, looking at the preliminary card, you've Ed Roos uh, making his debut here. One of those. Uh, wrestlers, Bellator signed a lot of wrestlers coming out of college. You know, I think he's a three-time All-American wrestler making his MMA debut. So that should be fun. You know, it's interesting to see where a guy can come. I think um, he, he's done a little bit of MMA training for a long while, but I think he's only really full-time at it for maybe around a year or so like that, um, while still doing a, a bit of wrestling as well. So it's going to be interesting to see where he's at. Um huh. He 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 did say that due to focusing on the Olympics this year, it would be a yeah. little while before his debut. That was in 2015. Four months later. Yeah. <laughs> did he go to the Olympics? I'm not sure. I'm not did, too sure. That's the thing, because it yeah. seems like uh, there would be something here on his Wikipedia page about him if he did, I would assume. Yeah, but so he's ranked number two at 189 pounds in the States. Yeah, he's one of the, you know, he's one of the top guys over there. You know, there are a few more guys as well. And, you know, there's a good, there's a good collection of guys like... Ed Roos, like James Gallagher, you know, like um, what's the other guy did this? This signed the other wrestler. Um, oh God, not Ryback. Um, I know his name. Bobby Lashley. <laughs> Bobby, his name fails me now. But they're another really good wrestlers. I am um, Aaron Pico. Um, like guys like that, they could be huge. You know, you have three guys there who could be big. I even saw MVP did a great interview with with Steve from Severe May. It's up, and he's talking about James Gallagher. You know, he he's looking out for him fighting. You know, and so that's you know that's a huge thing for for Bellator to have guys like that because Bellator. Okay, what they were great at before was creating guys and bringing them up like well Eddie Alvarez was always a big but they made Eddie Alvarez into what kind of he is today you know before he came to the UFC even though he was known before that but like Michael Chandler is done it with MVP did it, we'll talk about Liam McGeary later on they've done it with a lot of guys and I think this new group of young guys with headed by the three guys I mentioned there is maybe even you know as prospects go even better than those other guys so th- this is a huge time for, for Bellator now over the next two three years um, th- to see these guys coming up so it should be good uh, Ed Roos you know looking out for him it-, it should be a fun one and then the main card what do you think of that main card excuse me Sean you're yeah. forgetting someone who am I forgetting Rudy Bears no the newest member of the Gracie clan the next member well I don't want to say newest oh, he's yeah. fourth Sorry. generation Halleck is it no Neiman Gracie I believe I'm oh, saying that. Oh, yeah. yeah, he's fighting on the card. Uh, Halleck has signed with Bellator as well. For those he that has. don't know, I'd like to think that Bellator, instead of paying him, will just funnel that money off to the mass amounts of people that He's Halleck debtors. owes money to. <laughs> but will be the check. There's a good chance that maybe this is why Halleck is doing it. Do you know what I mean? Oh, to get that money. Yeah. So fair play to him if that is the case. But. Uh, I'm just trying to... You see, he's not a proper Gracie, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it, no. His dad isn't a Gracie, so his dad is someone from outside who got with 
a Gracie, oh. Carla Gracie, I believe. His mammy's um, a Gracie. So his mammy's a Gracie, yeah. So he, but look, still Gracie, still uh, he trains out of Henzo's, and uh, four and zero oh in MMA, three submissions, one. Uh, one decision, so I am looking forward to at least watching. I will be I'm off work as well, so I will be watching a lot of MMA this weekend. Um, what were you saying there, Sergey Karatanov fighting mm-hmm. in the main in the main card as well? I can remember being thoroughly excited when he was in the heavy this this I was going to say strike force spike force the strike force heavyweight Grand Prix all of those years ago, and um, thought he could have gone a lot further in it than he actually did. They but, still don't have a heavyweight belt in Bellator. Really? Yeah, who do you think they should fight for that heavyweight belt? Do you know? Um, do you know what they were? Uh, <laughs> do you know what? Uh, Sorry, Sean. There's a fucking tumbleweed going through my bedroom here. I need to just go grab it. Do you know what Flow Combat reported there the other day? Did you see I that? saw that. Yes. Do you think that should be for on? the for the belt? I think. Uh, I think they'd have a heavyweight champion by now if there wasn't something in the works. Mm, so maybe Sean Sheehan throwing this out there. Sean Sheehan. Mm. 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 Damn, Mama. <laughs> so yeah, don't get me wrong. Yeah. It would be absolutely phenomenal to see Matt Mitrione fight Fedor for the Bellator vacant heavyweight championship. Bellator making a bit of a stride here, Sean. This last while, like the, you can see that they're fully in the midst of a five-year business plan, like. Yeah, they're yeah they've been they've been doing well. They have been doing well now. Fairness, look, it it took a bit of a turn there when Kimbo was fighting Dada and Ken Shamrock was fighting Heist Gracie and stuff. But I think that might have been a little bit of a change of mind. And I know they signed Halle Gracie about two days ago. So, but since then it's been it's been pretty good. You know, Bellator have done good things. As I said, with those three guys they signed, top class fight coming up on Saturday night. You know. MVPs putting he got and getting through there doing good things, yeah. So hopefully you know that Mitrione and and, and Fedor fight to go fight as well. So um, yeah, hopefully. Paul Daly wants to uh, be fighting light heavyweight as well in Bellator, I believe. <laughs> the welterweight. I, I think I can't remember who said that. Was it Steve? Someone said it anyway. We want him, um, but I think he he meant Paul Daly was talking about fighting on the main event in, in Bamator. I think he meant he wanted to get that fight out the way and didn't fight someone else. I don't think he actually wanted to fight. <laughs> Satoshi Ishii. <laughs> yeah, I don't think so. But yeah, or I, King I Mo. Paul Daly, our uh, MVP as well, talking about fighting on Bamator. Won't be, it'll be maybe a bit too close for him, but the two of them have to fight. They're on a collision course, I think. Paul Daly and MVP. You could headline, you know, you could headline the O2 Arena in in uh, London. In London with that. Although MMA is the hotbed for, uh, or, or Dublin is the hotbed for MMA in the UK and Ireland. Oh! It is. You, you'd you'd get more people to go to Paul Daly and MVP in Dublin than you would in London. Oh, without a doubt. And yeah. that, that, that shows the state of the sport in the UK, like, to be fair. Yeah. But uh, I that doubt. last Bellator card was in London. You know, it wasn't a bad card, and you know, it was, there was no one there. You know, so it was a bit shocking. But yeah, Paul Daly coming back. This is a big fight for Paul Daly. Paul Daly isn't what he used to be. Uh, his last couple of fights haven't, you know, maybe three or four fights haven't been great. You know, he's won a couple of them, but hasn't looked the best. Uh, Derek Anderson. Not sure how much of a, you know, how much of a fight he's gonna he's going to put up. up. 
<laughs> in that one. You know, hasn't a bad record beats Ida Wad. Maybe Patricia for um, Pitbull as well, or Patricky Pitbull, but he's not the good Pitbull. Uh, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see, I suppose. Uh, Bryn Award, Side Award as well. Should be a good scrap that one. Marlux Coonan coming up against um, Talita Nogueira, whoever that is. And then we have the main event, Liam McGarry against Phil Davis. Whoever that is. I like the way you said that. Yeah. Um, She's probably like some famous fighter now, but I have no idea what she is. Maybe from a massive Mo- striking background. Nogueira. Oh, she's 6 and all. She looks okay. Nogueira's sister, is it? Nogueira. Um, doesn't say. I don't know. Aww. Wikipedia, you're useless. Why do, she, uh, why do people not put these things on... Do you know? I don't know. We should just. Yeah, I'm just gonna say she is Nogueira's sister. Okay. Let's just we, can we that. just say that? Yeah, we can just. Yeah, I heard that. Friends. Like she is. Yeah. You're dead right. Uh, so Mrs. Nogueira fighting at the weekend as well. But the main event, Lean yeah. McGarry versus Phil Davis. Now, don't jump down my throat here. Ah, ah. That was me jumping on her throat. Am I wrong to think that this is Phil Davis's best chance at winning that Bellator belt? Um, Tito Ortiz isn't what he used to be Yeah So the McGeary win Fair play Was a brilliant victory for him A scalp for him But it's been 11 or 12 months 13 months Since that fight And to me Lee McGeary Was just kind of like Chilling Do you know that sort of way Like After getting that win That's the Fabrizio Verdum Seminar (laughs) tour After you triangle Fucking Fedor Emelianenko Like Without a doubt, I think Phil Davis could have too much from. Am I? I no, I agree. You agree? I I agree. I think Phil Davis will win that one. Yeah, like McGeary, McGeary's a good fighter, but he's relatively limited. Um, good ground game, wins. You know, he can win the win a fight from from the bottom. Good triangles. You know, very dangerous on the ground. Long guy. You know, throw a good jab, but. I think Phil Davis is just. I think Phil Davis is on another level to Liam McGarry, to be honest. Um, I think Phil, you know, Phil Davis is not like a knockout artist and not a great finisher and stuff like that. So I expect this one. I, I expect it to go to a decision or maybe late stoppage for Phil Davis. But, um, but the thing about that is as well. I think there's no question about who's the more well-rounded, who's the better fighter. But Liam McGeary is dangerous. You know, he's you can never rule him out of a fight until the last, you know, the last ten seconds of a fight. He's still in there because he's so dangerous uh, on the ground with his with his triangles and stuff like that. Um, as you say, who's he really fought? He fought Emmanuel Newton to a decision to fall over the hill to Ortiz, and you know, I don't even know who the rest of the guys on his on his record really are. So this is the first real big test of his career. Uh, even even despite the fact that he's he was the first ever British champion of one of the big leagues. Um, you, you worded that very so, carefully there, Sean. I liked it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a good fight. I, I fancy Phil Davis to take him down, get into a position where he's safe from the triangle, um, ground and pound him, you know, hold him down. Uh, Geary will, McGeary will threaten with with his his submissions and stuff but I don't think he'll be able to get any of them on the feet as well I like Phil Davis he's a good you know he's not the best striker in the world but he's a good tight 
technical striker, Geary isn't the best. He's he's on not bad, but I think Davis is better. I, I just think Davis will, barring a submission from from the depths of hell, I think Phil Davis should win that one. Lou McGarry, big fan of the Andrew McGahan triangle. Is he? Mm-hmm. Oh, the inverted triangle. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, I get you. Big fan. I am. I would like to see him like catch two in a row like you know that sort of way like it'd be could brilliant. do it like oh, it yeah. would be brilliant but uh yeah we're also maybe being a bit harsh that this will now be technically his third title fight do you know with bellator he won the title defended it and this is his second defense yeah so um and would have had to go through a tournament to get to that position do you know what i mean so he is on a he is on a good he is on a good run like do you know so mm. we'll just we'll just hold caution to it. I'm not going to say that Phil Davis is going to dominate him over five rounds because over five rounds, a guy, if he's on his back the whole time, multiple submission opportunities. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Phil Davis, although we for years thought just because of his body type alone, he had the best chance of beating John Jones. Do you know, he is a decision heavy fighter. Do you know what I mean? That's what he's going to be doing. He will be looking to kind of stall it out, lay it out. Um, and that's where McGeary's going to be most dangerous at attacking him. So it will be an interesting... If it does go the five rounds, I think it will be an interesting tactical battle. Mm-hmm. Remember, uh, here first. have you seen Phil Davis's, uh He's like speeches and stuff, where he's like at, a, at the, the debate table, he's like he's running for president or stuff. Actually pretty funny, in fairness. I think my my man uh, MMA roasted Rodham, so it's actually pretty good. I think Bellator's promotion for this fight has been not bad at all. Very good. So, um, yeah. Just before we get off of Bellator, what do you think of uh, the Chael Son and Tito Ortiz? Did you see that? Their, their, their debate? debate no, their, I didn't watch it because I saw everybody was saying it was an embarrassment. Yeah, it was brilliant. I loved it. I love what? I love having Chael back. I'm a I'm a Chael Mark. I think he's hilarious. Ah, uh, New uh, York Rick's wearing Ariel's hat. Is it, are you that? watching the fucking? MMA no, no, no. I just said I saw a picture on Twitter. All right, oh, nice. Uh, but yeah, I, I like that TRT's Chael fight as well. I think it's I think Chael win that pretty handily. But the amount of smack talk and stuff, and it's like it's like a little you know, it's like a a 15 year old boy taking like. Taking a packet of sweets from like a little five year old, you know, with, with chill smack talking with with Tito's, but it should be fun. Tito, I've never, seen, I've never seen a man be so bad at something, but be so confident in it as Tito's is when he's speaking. So I, I love it. It's it's hilarious. So more of that for me, Bellator, and uh, yeah, Bellator coming to to Dublin later in the year. So fair play to him. Let's before we get to the questions here. How long have we been going, Andrew? Um. 51 minutes, Sean. Oh, yeah, okay. Uh, before we get to the questions, what did you think of the uh, the whole Bisping GSP call-out thing? Bisping, if people haven't uh, heard, Bisping said that he'd verbally agreed to fight GSP at UFC 206 in Toronto, whatever that means. Sign the contract, George. <laughs> Sign the contract. Oh, that's Paddy Pimpang. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, um, and then George St. Pierre came out, released a video saying... Uh, Hello, my Michael. I, I really wanted to fight you, but I met with Ari and Dana, and at the moment, it's not happening. It can't happen in Toronto. That, that was a terrible accident. Yeah, but basically, that's what he said. Can, uh, he, he's, he had meetings with Ari Emanuel, who's obviously the new Lorenzo Fertitta, the new CEO of the UFC, and Dana White UFC president. 
they said they went well, but it's not going to happen. We're not too far away from it. The fact that um, Max Holloway versus Anthony Pettis has been putting that card as well, I think that just get gets rid of any chance of it happening. Tickets have been sold and all. So uh, someone was, I think it was Luke Thomas making the point that you know if you want to maximize. George St. Pierre and the amount of money you can make out of him you have him on the card before you start selling tickets so you can raise the price of the tickets so having him on it now would be okay you'd make a lot of money with pay-per-views but it'd be kind of, kind of a waste um, oh, my question for you Andrew is were you interested in seeing that fight or do you think Bisping should be fighting someone else or do you think GSP should be fighting someone else no Michael Bisping is bang on he's doing the exact right thing same management as Conor McGregor He's, he's, he's getting, I don't want to say he's getting fed this, but he's been taught things differently now, right? Michael Bisbing beat Dan, got Dan Henderson in his first defense, right? What a better way to lose your title than to one of the greatest fighters of all time, George St. Pierre, and get absolutely paid for it. Do you know what I mean? We've talked about this multiple times in this podcast. Michael Bisbing's career, he's closer to retirement than anything. Do you know what I mean? But he's making sure that he gets paid before he goes. And he's doing the exact right thing. Do you know, fair play to Michael Bisbing for looking for that fight. Fair play to George St. Pierre for wanting to take it as well, moving up to 185. Do you know, yeah. and coming straight back in, challenging for a title off retirement. Do you know what I mean? Off leaving the sport, do you know, for a couple of years. But St. Pierre, this is a new St. Pierre, Sean. Do you know, the man wouldn't have done this before. Do you know what I mean? First of all, saying he's a free agent, then putting out the video like this. He's been advised by the right people. He wouldn't be doing this unless he knew there was a chance he'd get it. Fair enough, it may not happen in Toronto now, but I definitely am all in on seeing Bisbing fight GSV as maybe Bisbing's retirement fight. I was okay for it if it happened in Toronto. But not waiting any later. like Yeah, because like there's other, there's other guys there, and it's not that... like I'd rather see the big fight anyway, to be honest, but... Um, it made sense for it to happen kind of on short notice like that with both guys free. But I think it probably makes more sense to have, um, you know, to have them fight different people when they come back. Now, I think matchmaking GSP is very difficult. Like, do you give him a title shot um, straight away at welterweight? Do you bring him up the middleweight? I, I, I don't know. There's talks in Nick Diaz rematch. I don't like that. Talks to Robbie Lawler. I think that probably makes the most sense. Uh, him fighting Robbie Lawler, um, you could you could use that you know as a main event with no title underline or anything, and then you say if he's to beat Robbie Lawler straight into a title match then, um, but yeah, I think you know I I think Michael Bisping I agree with you Michael Bisping is doing this the right way, he should be looking for that big money fight because what have you afterwards you you know you have Yoel Romero maybe next that that's not a money fight that's a tough fight, you know that fight could come. In, in six, you know, in, in eight months rather than two months, like, you know, uh, uh, he could fought GSP and, and didn't have that fight or whatever, or, you know, if he, if he kept his belt. But Michael Bisping. You, you understand, I can understand why Bisping wanted that fight. You know, big money, huge money. He's, as you said, he's coming towards the end of his career. He's, uh, he's like a squirrel now. Bringing in all the nuts for for uh, yeah, for retirement. Exactly, yeah. So that's exactly what he needs to do. Can't can't uh, can't fault the man for that. And it's a big fight. Like I'd rather see that fight than than most other ones. But I I think now cooler heads will prevail and other things will happen. Sean, just so I can like take three steps off away from my table and turn the heater on because it's freezing. Mm-hmm. What do you think was the biggest stumbling block between the UFC and Saint Pierre? 
Um, for me, it was more than likely the whole Under Armour um, Reebok thing. You saw in that video that GSP released, he was wearing an Under Armour t-shirt and he was, you know, he wasn't wearing that. <laughs> you know, he, there was a reason he was wearing that, you know. Here people, comes the money. People know exactly. And like, he's getting paid a lot of money by them. Chill Sonnen said something he, like he's getting paid 300 grand a month with, with his sponsors. And now, not to be a Sonnentologist, and that's more than likely not true, but whatever you want to take from that, he's probably getting paid a lot of money, you know, to wear, uh, to wear that. And I think he's with Gatorade and, and someone else as well. So, why would GSP want to, you know, want to get rid of them? Uh, and and now it's not to get rid of them, but it's if you're with un- Under Armour, it's going to be very hard for you. Okay, maybe you you don't have to wear Under Armour in the in the cage, fair enough, and they'll stick with you. But you're going to be wearing their direct rival in the cage, and that's going to be difficult. Now, if you know they could give UFC gear or something like that, and make a compromise, I think that'd be possible. So there wasn't any conflict of interest or anything like that. Um, but that's tough. Those things take time. Those things take discussion. Those things take people backing down from a strong position and coming to a compromise. So, you know, that could be happening now. He said he had a good meeting with Ari, good meeting with Dana. We could see him. We could see him fight next year. So we'll see. Fingers crossed. Uh-huh. Fingers crossed. Andrew, why don't you pull up the questions? Okay, why don't you pull up your trousers? My trousers are already up. That's why. So you claim. So I claim. While you're doing that, let me thank our good friends over at rosnutrition.com where they give you 25% off your first order with the promo code SEVERE. Head on over to rosnutrition.com. Pick out your uh, BCAAs, your protein. My friend JJ Murphy, he raves about their protein, says it's the best he's ever used. Get some of that. Get some of your Omni Joint, get your um, get your your krill oil, all that stuff. Put it in your basket. Check out. Get your twenty five percent off. Stick in the promo code Severum and send us an old tweet when you get your your vitamins and your stuff like that. Um, of a picture and we'll we'll retweet it. Arwestnutrition.com. Severum me, help us, help you. Andrew McGann. <coughs> One Mister Podge. Legend wants to know if he's the only one that's gonna miss tough. <laughs> yeah, he's. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mind tough that much. Uh, there was a. I went through about three years there where I just couldn't watch it. But it's not. A, it's not as bad as it used to be. And I think this season's very good. Last season was good. The one with McGregor was good. Uh, but yeah, I, to be honest, they're, they said they're cutting the budget for tough. So that means it's not going away. I think. Uh, well, someone reported that. Obviously, the UFC don't really tell us anything. But uh, you could see maybe less toughs, maybe one a year, maybe no tough Latin America, no foreign toughs. But I think tough will still stay around for another while anyway. There's there's one coming after uh, after Christmas, I think. So we'll at least get one more. Gavin Springett wants to know, what's the thoughts on Verdum losing his commentary job after his Reebok comments? I thought that was fucking disgraceful. Like, well, why would you say, like, where's the freedom of speech? Where where is it like, and 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 also the first thing that went through my head is, where's Ryan Nelson's ban? Didn't he just kick a fucking referee? Yeah, Ryan Nelson kick a referee. Verdun kicked Nothing the coach. Is done. Yeah, he did, I suppose. <laughs> but uh, and that Verdun kicks the coach. Nothing was done. But Verdun makes a joke about Reebok and and Nike and stuff, and he gets taken off of 
commentary for three for it isn't three years now. It's indefinite. It's forever. I said, I think. So Sean, I'll chat. He tweeted that. I think it's fucking disgraceful. You know. Ah, that's a big call, Sean. Uh huh. Jay Brando wants to know: Suppose Connor wins, Khabib loses to Johnson, and Dos Anjos beats Ferguson. Khabib loses, yeah. Connor versus Dos Anjos oh, would mm. finally happen, correct? Hmm. If all of that thing, those things happen, well then yes, yeah. maybe. Or you could get Cowboy in there. I think there's a big match there. Yeah. Diaz. Diaz. Yeah. Diaz. There you go. There you go. Apprentice Jedi says this is all an right. obvious one, but will Eddie's strategy be as obvious as we all think against Connor? Uh, uh I, I'm about to write my preview for this, so I'll get back to you. In a we'll week. hold but to I, that all for next. <laughs> but I do, I do think Eddie fights is not going to change what he is. He is. He's a guy who likes to get into brawls sometimes, but he's also a guy who likes to get his back against the cage and counterpunch or go for big double legs or pressure you against the cage with wrestling. Now, there's a funny because when you look take a pressure fighter, as you think a guy is pushing forward, jabbing you in the face, running you down. Eddie Alvarez doesn't do that, but he's kind of still a pressure fighter. He pressures with his wrestling and he pressures with his grappling against the cage more than he pressures, say, with his hands when he's striking. So he's kind of like a counter pressure fighter, if that makes any sense. Um, but yeah, it, it should be, it should be good. My, uh, my preview will be coming out for that next week. So I can read it now. Sean, do you think Ronda Rousey can reclaim her status as the biggest draw in the UFC with a win over Nunez? Or is McGregor too big now? That's from Robert Palmentieri. Before you answer, documents yeah. were uh, obtained by MMA Junkie in the last couple of days and they released that Conor McGregor accounted for 25% of the UFC's pay-per-view revenue in 2015. Yeah. Am Surprised. I right in that? I'm not sure. But uh, he's... Uh, to answer the first... No, I don't think she can. I think McGregor... Well, I don't think he is the biggest draw in the history of the UFC. Um, Rada's big draw as well, but that loss kind of helped her. You know, people talk about McGregor getting exposed by Diaz, which he, you know, he wasn't really. He just, you know, he lost a fight to a great fighter, and you know, he he came back and he won it a second time around. Short notice fight, it was tough. But Ronda Rousey kind of was exposed, and I hate saying I hate that fucking word exposed because people misuse it so often. But like we spoke about the deficiencies in Ronda's game for a year before that fight happened, probably. And you know, then they came out, then they were exposed. You know, she exposed her deficiencies. I don't know where McGregor's deficiencies exposed really. Like McGregor came out, he won the first round, beat him up. You know, got tired, carrying a lot of weight got beat up by Diaz, taken down, was a war, choked out. That, you know, that's fair enough. That Those things happen in fight. You know, one man or woman gets the better of another, you know, man or woman. Those things happen. Ronda Rousey was dismantled. She was taken apart. You know, she was, you know, the bad parts of her game were just shown to everyone in the world. And that, you know, that's not good for you. Like for McGregor as well, the fact that he came out, he went into the press conference and he said, fair play, all, you know, all props to Nate. I, you know, I prepared badly. I'm going to prepare better for the next one. Uh, or, it's not that he prepared badly, but that he, he fought badly. He, you know, he's, the first thing he said afterwards was he fought inefficiently. Uh, 
and he went back, prepared better, fought better in the second one and won. Whereas Ronda Rousey, he'd away. You know, we haven't seen her since. She was on Ellen once, you know. And, She's and on Ellen to tomorrow as well. Yeah, so I think there's those are huge things there. I think a lot of, McGregor got a lot of fans by doing what he did um, after that DS fight and, and since it. So there you go. That was Mar- a long answer to a short question. A very good answer, though. Marty Latta says, first of all, happy birthday, Andrew. Thank you very much, Marty. His question is, since he likes to learn more about the Irish and European life, what do we do for Halloween? Do kids trick or treat an adult's party like in the US? Yeah. Thanks, guys. Missed the week that we were gone. Yeah, uh, prob- you can probably hear in my background about five people have knocked on my door since I've been doing the podcast, trick or treating. Really? Yeah. Do they still sing? sing? Halloween mm. is coming and the goose are getting fat. Never heard that. You've never heard of that? No. Halloween is coming and the geese are getting fat. Please put a penny in the old man's hat. If you don't have a penny, a halfpenny will do. If you don't have a halfpenny, then God bless you. Never heard that. What? No, never heard of it. Fuck, I thought you were going to back me up on that being from uh, proper Ireland. Like. No, uh, yeah. All right, never mind. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty much uh, what happens at Halloween over here is... Girls get to wear stuff that they'd probably usually only wear on a wedding anniversary or... Skanky, I'd describe it as. <laughs> for, for the fear of being called a prick. But there you go. Or to bed and they get to pretend it's a costume mm-hmm. and they'll put fake blood over themselves. And lads get to... Devil horns. Yeah, like it's it's pretty much the horny time of the year, like to yeah. be honest. Like let's let's just call a spade a spade, like... Every, every lad just dresses up as a priest because they have a black suit and they can put a bit of paper or a back uh, shirt and they can put a bit of paper in the collar pretty much like there's yeah. no uh, so like and then then you have the people I'll, I'll quote a, a good man Sean from Belfast his name is The Sultan okay I'll tell yeah. you more about him in the future but he put up on Facebook that uh, why is everyone being like oh there's going to be so many Harley Quinns blah 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 because yeah. of Suicide Squad but every dickhead for five years straight wore a scream mask do you know mm-hmm. Double standard, Sean. If a girl wants to be Harley... Yeah, exactly. If a girl wants to be Harley Quinn, let her be Harley Quinn. I am all for Harley Quinn. There was a couple of Harley Quinns floating around on dock last night. If you're a Harley Quinn, send me a picture. Send me pictures of Harley Quinn. (laughs) I'd put them pictures to good use. For your Harley (laughs) Quinn collection. Harley Quinn collection. Yeah, okay, okay. Big Suicide Um, Squad. Have you seen Suicide Squad, actually? Yeah, it's very good. I liked it. A lot of people didn't like it, but I did. Um, well, when I say it was very good, I mean like they had pretty much nothing of the Joker in it, and apparently they cut a load of his stuff out. Yeah, because he's a dickhead. Mm, yeah, but what's his name? Jared Leto. Jared Leto. Yeah. Mm. Uh, your own brother says Alvarez has Never been hinting him. that a similar blueprint to beating Pettis will beat McGregor. Do you think he's right? No, I don't think so because I think McGregor moves his back off the cage. McGregor's footwork is a lot better than Pettis's. He can get, you know, he can go. McGregor can go in circles, whereas Pettis can only go in straight lines. Uh, he's uh, Pettis. Pettis's movement is very ipsy lateral compared to um, compared to McGregor's. So I think um, no. I shut up, Patrick. You have no fun. He has another stupid question as well. About you didn't even favour it, I think, didn't you? Yeah, no, yeah. it was so bad. Which would draw more, UC two or five or some Pacquiao fighting some bum? The fuck are you talking about? Go home. Jesus, he's actually at home at the moment, so I know oh, I'm telling him to go home. Go downstairs. I'm coming down to you now in a minute. I know he's not here. He oh, his own home. His own house, yeah. Um, what happened to the time traveling robot that replaced Sean last week? <laughs> he didn't come back this week, did he? No. That I'm aware of. Is Gegard here? 
Ja, måste ha det. Ah, hello. Could Wonderboy be the fighter of the year with a win over Woodley, or does Bisbing already have it from Ian Thornton? He's fighter of the year in my heart, anyway. Um, it's a tough one. Um, uh, who's Bisping? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> That'll be decided in the next couple of months, weeks. Um, he also wants to know what are your thoughts on 205 reporting to have already broken the MSG gate record? I have no thoughts on it. What? I have no it's, thoughts on it. It's happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Um, first things first, happy birthday, Andrew, you legend. Thank Thanks. you very much, Spencer. What specific jiu-jitsu benefits does Connor get by training with Dylan Dennis? Dylan Dennis uh, had a match this weekend in Polaris. He submitted a guy called Jackson Souza by an inside heel hook. Um, I I can't answer that question because I don't know. Because Dylan Dennis is an I like up until recently has been an IBJJF competitor. In a lot of in a lot of ways, not competing in different rule sets, not doing a lot of sub only stuff before now, so he would have always been training for competition of sport jujitsu. Now he's had to change that, and he's sparring Connor on a regular. You know, so the footage that was released there uh, the last couple of days, you see that Dylan's taking big shots, but he's he's sparring with Connor, going for a grappling, uh, going for a grappling style. Dylan also would have been doing a lot of wrestling over in the States, getting ready for stuff like Nogi Worlds last year, and has been constantly training in wrestling from what I believe in New York with a guy called Munch, who's a black belt from um, from Marcelo Garcia's as well. So it's not like it was just a jiu-jitsu guy coming in to train with Connor, who's like going to pull guard and do shakas and say, hey, come on into my guard. He was actually there to to have a couple of scraps, like to wrestle and to fight it out with Connor. So... Um, I suppose only time will tell. Ryan Hodgson says, what's the best domestic matchup for Saul Rogers? Is it Park, Lochnane or Pimblet? No, Pinplet is what he said. Saul Rogers. Uh, I'd like to see all of them fight. Sure, that's happening at ACB in fucking March. He's fighting Brendan Lachnan. Oh, so, then. Well, I don't know that. But did you see Brendan Lachnan did a, an interview with Steve? With and Steve, he yeah. basically told him he was fighting an ACB in a big fight. So who else could it be? Saul. Saul. There you go. Better call him. Better. <laughs> I've never seen that show, but I like the joke. Um, and I have no idea if that fight's happening. Nobody's told me that. I'm just guessing. And it probably isn't even happening. So there you go. So Brian Lynch said, do you think that the UFC or WME will even be in a negotiating mood when it comes to Saint-Pierre? Surely the need to amend, remove many of the most clauses for him to re-sign. I don't see how, in good conscience, he can sign a new contract described by his own lawyer as a modern form of slavery. (laughs) Or do we live in an age where even slavery has a price? Ugh, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think I think there are workaways around. I don't think there's, you know, people, things are said for effect as well sometimes. Um, and I think there's there's a way around everything. You know, fucking, you know, these things these things can happen. Paul Pogba came back to you, Man United, like nothing <laughs> can happen. Never rule out a return, Sean. Is that what you're saying? Michael Owen played for Man United. Like, come on, scumbag. Yeah, um, he won a he won a league medal there as well. Couldn't do that at these other clubs. (laughs) Keen O'Connell for the last question of the day. All right, lads, for the day that's in it, what's your top three horror films? P.S. Happy birthday, Andrew. 
Halloween Halloween is a great like the Michael Myers films were great I really yeah. like them like Halloween H2O and stuff but, I, watched, uh, I watched a good film there the other day Don't Hocus Breathe Pocus was great too yeah that was good I liked that um, Don't Breathe I watched that the other day do you know what film I hate right and it scares me it's not really even a scary film Unbreakable did you ever see that no it's where um I think it is it Samuel L. Jackson is in it and he's like if he touches something like he'll break his hand he can't touch shit and oh, I don't know it just scared me I watched it when I was young and I was like the Saw oh, no. films were always like jump out at you like ah sort of shit like yeah. but I'm I'm not a big horror fan I'm, I'm a pussy no me neither I wouldn't like I don't like watching them at all like it just upsets me like yeah me too I just watch the comedy I just be happy why would you be sad when you can be happy yeah easy just don't watch them yeah exactly now just on the topic of disgusting horror films I'm gonna google this just to make sure but I can remember in Extravision years ago picking a film out for the weekend seen in the horror section a film called Teeth yeah I don't know if you've heard about it uh, I don't think so Dun, 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 dun. Is Edward Scissorhands a horror film? Here's the plot, okay, Sean? Yeah. Dawn O'Keefe is a teenage spokesperson for a Christian abstinence group called Promise. Already hear it. She attends the groups with her two friends, Alicia and Phil. One evening, after a speech about the purity ring worn by the members of the group, she's introduced to Toby and Ooh. finds him attractive. Oh yeah, the I like four begin going out as a group and Dawn has fantasies about marrying Toby. Although it later, acknowledging the attraction, they agree that they cannot spend time together. Well, Soon after, no, I'm, I'm finishing this, Sean, I'm what? afraid. Soon after, they give in and meet at the local swimming hole. After swimming together, they go into a cave to get warm and begin kissing. Dawn gets uncomfortable and tries to get them to go back. Toby then attempts to have sex with Don, who panics and tries to push him off. Toby becomes aggressive and shakes Don, resulting in her smacking her head on the ground. While she is mm. dazed, Toby takes the opportunity to begin having sex with her. Don mm. fights back, inadvertently bites off his penis with her vagina. A horrified Dawn stumbles oh, away as was she... This, <laughs> was this in the horror section or the porn section? <laughs> Whatever you're into. A horrified Dawn stumbles away as she flees the scene. After a promise meeting, she meets her classmate, Ryan, at a dance. They talk, and he drops her off at home. Basically, Sean. Yeah. She has teeth in her vagina. Oh. That's... That's horrifying. But... She visits a gynecologist... (laughs) Who assaults her? Who assaulted her in the guise of an examination? She panics, and her vagina then bites off all four of his fingers. I knew it. I must watch that. So that is like. I knew a few girls like that in my time. My God, I like. I have never heard about this. I just remembered seeing this. You never heard about this? You said you watched it. You know, I didn't watch it. I. I'd saw it in extra vision and knew that the idea behind it was that there was like also the the, the movie's like picture for it says yeah. teeth every rose has its thorns oh no <laughs> Patrick would love Patrick's gonna watch that film tonight oh that's disgusting like, he loved those sort of things oh fuck so Sean that's it that's it episode 91 in the books mm-hmm. are you ready I'm ready are you ready no. <laughs> oh, I didn't think you would be. Go on. 
So, guys, get ready. Strap in. I have a little bit of news. I am leaving severe MMA. No fucking harm. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's just take it back two years here, Sean. I didn't go back to college because at the time I wanted to pursue my life direction in mixed martial arts coverage and Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Not being in college allowed me to be able to train during the day and cover whatever MMA stuff that I needed to do, as well as keep working in the nightclub. For the last year plus, like ever since I started college, I've been going up and back to Dublin on buses. I've been working four or five nights a week in a nightclub. I've been trying to train as hard as I can. I've been trying to do all of my severe MMA stuff. I'm working until four or five o'clock in the morning to make money to be able to go on these severe MMA trips. I know that we've said on this podcast countless times, this is the passion, this is what we're doing, keep going. But in the last couple of months, I've witnessed and watched people who are within the MMA world full time and the stresses that it brings onto their life is simply not worth it. I would also like to point out that I myself has suffered some mental health issues in the last 12 months stemming from covering mixed martial arts and stemming from covering the lifestyle that I live and I have not been in a good place for quite a while. From all of that, last Friday I got a message from Conor McGregor asking, am I heading to New York? What was the plan? I got chatting to him. I got talking to his friend Lee, who's running his website, The Mac Life. And they have made me an offer, Sean, that was pretty much too hard for me to turn down. Now, just a little bit of background into all of this. A couple of months ago, I had decided that I wanted my end goal and my future to be in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I want to have my own academy. I want to have my own team. And if you look at the benefits that Jiu-Jitsu has given me from a 17-year-old kid that walked into his first class, self-conscious, nervous, little bit cocky, in a way, but really a shite bag. Do you know what I mean? Like, found things very hard. Jiu-Jitsu has given me so many opportunities in my life and has improved me as a person that I couldn't even begin to describe to you the effect that it's had on me. And all I want from my life is to be able to give people that freedom that Jiu-Jitsu and martial arts gave me. That's what will make me happy. That's what will get me out of bed every day with a smile on my face and make me feel like I'm contributing something worthwhile. So, within that decision, I was thinking, okay, mixed martial arts as a job isn't going to be my end goal. So I'm left with the decision. Do I continue working with Severe? Do I continue doing everything that I'm doing? Financing it out of pocket? Pushing myself to fucking breakdowns? You will be able to clarify, Sean, how many times this podcast has have to be delayed because I'm sitting here on Skype talking to you saying, I, I can't do this. Do you know what I mean? Or I'm fucking upset about something. And it's the, the small things that I overthink or work out and just get so bogged down by that this lifestyle was just frustrating me too much. And I do fuck all in it. So imagine if I had to do more, how hard that would be. So I'm removing myself from the mixed martial arts media game. I realized that my credibility as a reporter, journalist, interviewer, whatever you wanted to call me, 
I never called myself a journalist. I never wanted to be called a journalist. I think it's insulting to people who are journalists. I was always just the guy that wanted to tell a fighter story. When I got into this, it was because I was watching Ariel's interviews as a, as a kid, as 15 or 16. And he had the ability to make me connect with the people that he interviewed. I wanted to learn more about them from there on. And that's what I wanted to do when I started covering Irish MMA. Fightstorm Media, Lydia, all of the guys that are covering Irish MMA are doing a great job at the moment. But for me, I was getting frustrated, maybe having to wait 15 to 20 minutes to interview an amateur fighter after a fight when the next fight is already gone my coverage in Irish MMA Sean was based around seeing the fights recording the fights going backstage interviewing them straight back out and I did that by myself for a long time one man at an Irish MMA show me and a camera do you know what I mean and that's what I absolutely love doing I still want to be involved at these Irish MMA shows I will still be floating around and will probably be doing a little bit of the video recording but Unfortunately, since I am going to get paid by Connor and by the MacLife or by whoever it is that will be paying me, I can no longer be objective in terms of covering the sport of mixed martial arts. So I had to make it a decision. And for me personally, to spend the next couple of years getting, the expo- like getting this excellent exposure from such an opportunity, I've interviewed Connor for years. It means the world to me that he wants me to do these interviews because I can continue what I had started. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not going to lie, I'm absolutely devastated because this podcast has been fucking a huge part in my life. A regular thing every Monday. When I was going up and down to college, I would listen to podcasts all the time. And that kept me happy, commuting three hours a day. And now knowing that I'm not able to do this anymore is really affecting me. Because we've had people reach out to us saying how the podcast makes their day, makes their week. They're going through stuff themselves and listening to us talk helps. And that means the fucking world to me. I'm sorry to anybody that I've let down that is going to miss the podcast. Will miss my interviews with Severe. But I feel that this was the absolute right thing for me to do at this point in my life. From the bottom of my heart, thank everybody that has watched, listened, subscribed to anything that I've done over the years. And I just can't thank you all enough. People are going to say, for fuck's sake, like you're just taking an opportunity, you're a sellout, you're doing it for money, blah blah blah. And I'm sorry. If that is the case, in your opinion, I'm sorry. But from my own point of view, I couldn't keep living like this. I couldn't keep putting myself in work until 5 o'clock in the morning to be able to fund trips myself. And I just had to do this for myself. I'm still going to be knocking around Irish MMA. I'm still going to be at these shows. And hopefully I can continue to produce work that you will all like and enjoy And I am looking forward to seeing what direction that I can bring content going forward with the Mac life. But Severe MMA has been my life for the past four years. I can't thank Graham, Pizzi, yourself, Niall, Dave, Sean, Steve, anybody that has helped Gav, Paddy, Severe MMA over the years. But for me, this was just the right time.
and I'm very sorry. You can get him on Twitter, at Sean Sheehan BA. We don't know where the podcast is going to go from here on. And that's pretty much it. What do you think about that? Ah, <laughs> uh, look, fair play to you. Look, these things, these things happen. Um, you had a decision to make, a big decision, obviously, you know. And I think you made the right decision, you know. You've decided which direction you want to go, and you know it's it's better to go in that direction rather than staying in at a place where you know you don't want to be, or you know you're not enjoying it for your own mental health. I think it's, I think it's a good decision. I think it's the right decision. Look, people listen to this podcast, they want to hear the podcast a lot. I'm gonna keep, the podcast is gonna keep going. You know, we've I'm, I'm gonna still be here every week. You're, you're not getting rid of me that easy. So, um, I don't know. You know, one of the lads, Niall, is gonna come in a pizza or someone, and we're gonna we're gonna keep doing the podcast anyway so don't worry about that uh, and we'll sure we'll have you back on at some stage anyway in in the in the future to talk about to talk about stuff but uh congratulations on the new opportunity um sure we'll still be seeing you anyway on, on youtube and stuff you're sure we won't be going anywhere and uh it's sad to be losing you from severe may but um i'm delighted that you got a great opportunity and you deserve it after you know all the years of hard work and all that so Fair play. You're a fucking legend, you know that? Ah, sure, I'm not the worst, like, you know. Despite what everybody says. <laughs> Pricks, I never liked any of them anyway. He's at Sean Sheehan VA. I am at Andrew McGahan underscore. Go and follow the wonderful people at Severe MMA. It's been an absolutely incredible four years. Thank you very much to everybody once again. Sean Sheehan, take it away. I will give you the final word this week, come on. But until then, you may not see me, but the Severe MA podcast will see you next Tuesday.